for a word of prayer for Ukraine, um, for our leaders, for, um, you know, we have about over 200 of our guys all over Europe, and um, I got a text um, last night uh, from somebody here at our church um, praying for, asking uh, for prayer, somebody who's in Ukraine praying, and this is what the text read. We would appreciate every prayer and sympathy. First, and you know, sometimes when we, um, we watch the news, it seems unreal, and we're very detached. When I got this text, um, I, it was sent last night, I got it this morning, it just made me realize how real this is. So this is like a real human being, brother in Christ, asking the church, you know, our, one of our core values is we're about the capital C church. It's, there's more into to life than life point, right? There's more into to what we do than just the things that happen here. And so there's a, a brother in Christ who's a part of the, the big church, the capital C church, and he's asking for prayer, and he said this. His name is Paul, uh, and his family's, uh, Lily's family, he's praying for them. Would, uh, he says, we would appreciate every prayer and, sympath and sympathy. First and foremost, we pray that the Lord Almighty will stop the war. Also, I would appreciate if in addition to the whole nation, you could pray for Lily's and my families. Russian rapid self-propelled grads are approximately 90 miles away from my hometown, which was bombed multiple times. They have a 30-mile radius. We have little nephews and nieces that cannot escape to Poland and, and Slovakia. As, they wait, as the wait time at the border is three to five days long, with Russian paratroopers and sabotage teams across U the Ukraine, basically they're dre dressing up as Ukrainian military. Uh, everybody's moving very slowly. And so let's just, just open up. I think it's feeding to open up. Um, and just pray for our brothers in Christ in harm's way. Father God, I don't know. The truth is I've never been in a situation where um, I've had to be displaced, where I haven't been able to go home. But I know that there's hundreds today, thousands, who um, uh, are really dealing with the possibility of their loved ones uh, dying, um, uh, hundreds and thousands that are not sleeping on a nice comfortable bed and so God I, I don't even know how to pray for those people but I do know that you hear all of our prayers and and I believe that God you are powerful enough to um, to intercede on our behalf Lord and so by faith I just ask for our leaders I ask for our president Lord, I, I lift them up to you, and not just him, but our, um, all of the decision makers. Um, I know that we don't know all, we don't have all the knowledge. We don't know all the variables. Uh, but God, I ask that you give them wisdom, give them discernment. God, I pray for also for other leaders um, across Europe and across the world. Lift them up to you, God. I pray for a way um, to, to have peace. And God, I just ask uh, for those uh, brothers um, that, are, uh, that are in pain right now, 
And we think of Paul and, and Lily's family. Lift them up to you, God, and, and the many, many, many more that they represent. God, keep them safe. Provide food and nurture um, water for them, safety. And God, I just ask that you would do what we can't do, Lord. That you would come in, and, and I'm asking for a miracle, Lord. Uh, if it's your will, Lord, I'm asking um, for your peace to reign in that part of the world. I pray for our um, men and women who have answered the call to serve our country for the sake of freedom. Um, and God, I, I thank you for them. And I pray for them. Keep them safe as well. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for uh, joining me in that prayer. Um, I want to welcome you to week two of a part, four-part series that we're doing uh, from the Old Testament character. Do you know his name? It was on the screen a second ago. Samson. Yes, Samson. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Judges, the Old Testament book, Judges, chapter 14. And that's where we're going to start today. If you missed last week, don't fear. It's all good. I'm glad you're here today. Uh, I want to kind of share with you what we talked about last week was sort of an introduction. We said that Samson um, was this individual who was set apart, who was, um, he was called, he was chosen by God to deliver God's people from the oppressive hands of the Philistines, okay? They're, they're the enemy. And, um, and God gave this man, Samson, supernatural strength okay so within samson there was more potential for greatness that you could ever think or imagine and one of the things that i shared with you last week is that it's the same way in your life there is potential supernatural potential for greatness in your life and i know that a lot of times it's good to be reminded of that because if you're like me we don't think that there is sometimes we just you know we just listen to the lies of the enemy and we we just don't think that like oh yeah like me like god you chose me like you have a calling on my life really and so um it's good to be remind to remind ourselves of this the problem is the problem with samson and, and with many of us is that even though there is great potential, God-given potential, often we make bad decisions in life. And in Samson's case, he made one bad decision after another. And what you see is that he ends up, uh, if you come back the last week of the series, two, two more weeks, uh, what you see is that he ends up self-destructing, okay? And so we don't want to do that. And so we want to learn a few things from Samson. We summarized his, his life last week. It's on the screen. We're going to put it up here in a second. Uh, and we, we came up with this statement, and we said that Samson was an incredibly strong person with a dangerously weak will. Would you repeat after me? Let's all do this together. I want you to retain it. I'm going to say it every week. Repeat after me. Samson. Repeat after me. Samson. There we go. Was an incredibly strong person with a dangerously weak will. Very good. It's taken me three times to get that one right, and I'm still messing that up, all right? Uh, I'll slow down next time, all right? So, yeah, Samson was an incredibly strong person with a dangerously weak will. What did he do? Well, he left his hometown, Zora. And he goes into enemy territory to a place called Timnah. And uh, Timnah was where the enemy was. He left his friends, the, the, the safety of his home, 
and he goes into enemy territory and he sees this woman who um, basically when he sees her like by the way she's forbidden to him because God had previously said I only want you to marry people who worship me and this lady did not she was not a God-fearing woman and so she he goes into enemy territory he sees her and he says I want her and I want her now okay really he, he forgets everything he like common sense out the door like what my parents have taught me like I'm not thinking about it I mean, he just fell fell in love with this lady and he's not like reasoning like none of that is is working he's not thinking straight he's all he's thinking is how can I how can I get her how can I get married to her I really want her I don't care what's right I don't care what's wise I don't care what my dad and my mom have taught me I don't care what my God says and so what we see is that sometime later okay after after he meets her he's going back to marry her and so today where we pick up the story basically he's at the wedding okay so he's marrying this lady and because it's a Philistine wedding more than likely the bride's parents would have picked um uh, uh you know, I think the Bible says 30 men, okay? So sometimes it was more, sometimes it was less. In this case, it was about 30, 30 men to be a part of the wedding ceremony. It was part of the tradition, part of the culture. And keep in mind, these weddings were about seven days long. That's a long wedding, okay? Like, when I have to go to a wedding, it's not, to be honest with you, it's not like one of my favorite things to do. Um, you know, if they go over an hour, like, I'm like, okay. You know, I'm watching, you know, like much longer. If I'm doing them, it's okay if they long, go long, you know. But if I'm actually sitting down just watching the ceremony and they go over a, an hour, I'm like, okay, that's enough. Well, we're talking seven days, all right? And I don't know about you, maybe you like weddings, but like that's a long time for weddings. Um, and so we're going to pick up the story in Judges 14, verse 10. So it's on the screen. Judges 14, verse 10. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So this is what it says. It says, as his father, Samson's father, was making final arrangements for the marriage, Samson threw a party at, at Timnah. Okay, so this was part of the custom of the, of the day. Okay, so like we talked about that last, last week a little bit. Verse 11. When they saw him, and I'm guessing this is the bride's parents, okay? When they saw Samson, they selected... 30 young men from the town to be his companions, okay? One of the traditions, you need to know this, in, in that day and age, like, usually the groom would ask a really difficult question, okay? Uh, like, the people that are, were a part of the, of the wedding. It was, like, we, we know, like, we, it's what we call basically a riddle. Most translations translate the word um, it, as a, a riddle, okay? The actual literal definition in, in the Hebrew is hard questions. And I'm guessing it was to pass time, it was, it was to amuse, to, to entertain the wedding party. And so we, that's what Samson's gonna do here in just a second, verse, um, in verse 12. Uh, that's what you're gonna see. And it was sort of a fun element to a wedding, okay? To just ask a difficult question a riddle is the way that our English Bible translates it. Verse 12. So it says, Samson said to them, Let me tell you a riddle. If you solve my riddle during these seven days of the celebration, I will give you 30 fine linen robes and 30 sets of festive clothing. 
Now, verse 13. Now, here's the kicker, okay? Pay attention to verse 13. It says, but if you can't solve it, then you must give me 30 fine linen robes and 30 sets of festive clothing. And they basically say, all right, we agree. Let's, let's hear the riddle, okay? Now, what you have to understand is that this second part of what he's saying was not part of the culture. And so what Samson is actually doing, because God's people and the Philistines, they, they don't get along, okay? So there's a lot of tension at this wedding. And so what Samson is doing is he's just kind of being a little prideful, and he's just, it's almost like he's got this passive-aggressive behavior. And so he, yeah, he puts a riddle forth, you know, and asking him a, a hard question, but it was, it was supposed to be a fun thing. Whoever guessed the answer was like would get a, a reward, would get a prize, you know. It was a it was part of the celebration. Samson basically he says, he said, let me tell you a, a riddle. But let's let's just let me uh, and, and what I think what he's doing is let's make things a little bit more interesting. I'll bet you, he says, I'll bet you 30 pieces of garments, 30 outfits that I'm going to win this thing and you're going to lose. In other words, what he's saying is, let's just have a little battle, all right? Let's just, let's just have, let's, because I guarantee you that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win, and you're going you're gonna to lose. And so it's a little bit of a challenge. You kind of have to read between the lines. From our advantage point, you can see a little bit how cocky he is, how prideful he is, because it, it really wasn't supposed, it, it was just supposed to be a fun thing, okay? And he's saying, if I win, you give me this, but if you lose, you give me this. And so he tells them the riddle in verse 14. Now, let me tell you, because it, it may confuse you, uh, maybe you were not here last week, this riddle is about uh, this whole situation that happened to him after he met this lady. He goes back to see her, right? And the Bible says that there's a lion that just comes and attacks Samson just out of nowhere. To me, it was sort of a sign that God was like trying to slow him down. And so, but the Bible says that Samson just rips the lion apart, okay? Sometime later, he comes back and he wants to see the lion's carcass. And there's a swarm of bees, you know? And so he basically goes and he, um, he looks at the lion's carcass and he basically scoops out a handful of honey from the dead lion's carcass and he compromised a vow that he had made to God uh, to not touch anything dead now that's a lot of information go back and listen to the message from last week if you missed it I think you're gonna get a little bit more there but what you need to know for the sake of today's message is that that Sam the riddle is about that situation about that dead lion going you know, to, uh, to see the carcass and get the honey and all of that, okay? So that hopefully I'm not losing you too much. Verse 14, so he said, Samson said, out of the one who eats came something to eat. So he's talking about the lion, okay? Out of the one who eats came something to eat. Out of the strong one came something sweet. Okay, so that's the riddle that he's putting in front of them. They don't know the story of the lion. They don't know any of that. It says, the Bible says there at the end of verse 14, three days later, they were still trying to figure it out. Okay, and so let me tell you what's going on. The Philistines, because there's, there's this, this friction, okay, this, this thing that there's like this, this, this tension, they're getting mad. 
They're getting upset. I mean, they're racking their brains. They're trying to figure out what this thing is. They don't want to, you know, it's a little bit about pride as well, right? They don't want to lose to in front of everybody. And so they're getting angry day after day. The third day, actually the fourth day, they come to Samson's uh, bride, to the bride, to his future wife, and they, they look at her and they say this to, to her. Look at it, verse 15. It says, on the fourth day, they said to Samson's wife, his bride, says, entice your husband, watch this, don't miss this, entice your husband to explain the riddle for us. Or we, watch this, we will burn down your father's house with you in it. And it, we kind of get a little insight into why God had originally said to Samson, I don't want you to marry into this culture. Okay, I mean, imagine if this is their behavior. I mean, explosive, right? I mean, you know, it's just a little riddle, right? I mean, it's not, you know, don't take it that far. But they come to her and they're like, you know, if you don't, if you don't get it out of your husband, like, we're going to come after you. We're going to burn you, your house. We're going to burn your dad. We're going to burn you alive. Like, you, you're in trouble. And it says there, did you invite us to this party just to make us poor? So you get a, a kind of an idea of what, what's going on. And, and, and I wrote down on my notes, and it's something that I say often. Um, Andy Stanley is where, the, the one who said this originally. He says, if you see as God sees, you do as he says. And so if Sansom could have seen, right, and from the advantage point of God, right, like he could see this happening because he, he's got, you know, he's not limited by time. And so from God's advantage point of view, like he could see that, hey, Samson, don't go down this, this way. Don't go down this path. Don't marry into this Philistine culture because it's not good for you, okay? If he could have seen ahead, I'm sure he would have made a decision, a different decision. And so if you, in your life, if you can see the way God sees, I dare say that you're going to do as he says because it makes sense. It makes sense. And so we get to verse 17, verse 17. And the bride does something that's so interesting, okay? So she basically uses what I believe is a wife's greatest weapon, okay? Do you guys know what a wife's greatest weapon is? It works on me every time. Do you guys know? Should I, guys, should I tell them? I don't know if I should tell them. Wife's greatest weapon is crying. All right, I hate it when when my wife cries. You know, and so listen to what listen to what she does. All right, basically she's like you know she's crying every day. You don't love me. You don't care about me. Tell me your secret. But look look at it, verse seventeen. So she cried whenever she was with him with Samson that that whole week, and she kept it up. It says it right there. It kept, uh, she kept it up. For the rest of the celebration. So this is a wedding, and the bride is crying every day, you know? Not good, all right? At last, on the seventh day, Samson told her the answer because she was tormenting him with her nagging. Man, what a great way to start the marriage, right? Um, then she basically betrays him, and she explained the riddle to the young men. So let me kind of tell you, kind of sum it up. Okay, long story short, Samson loses the riddle, loses the bet. He gets mad. He gets furious. He goes into this, basically this town, Ascalon, I think is the name of the town, 23 miles away, and he finds 30 innocent men 
kills them, takes their belonging, grabs all of their clothing, and gives it back to the 30 men at, at the wedding, okay? And then the Bible says, verse 19 and 20, that he's so mad, he's so angry, he leaves her, he goes back home with mom and dad, and the bride is actually given to Samson's best man, okay? So not a pretty picture, all right? Like, you can tell, like, this whole thing is, it's a mess, okay? Everybody say, it's a mess. It's a mess, okay? Have you ever found yourself in a mess, relationally I have plenty of times you know like you feel like your family dynamics a little bit of a mess well you're not alone okay there's plenty of messes in in, in God's word that we can learn from so what I want to do with the remainder of our time nine minutes man I got to go fast what I want to do with the, the 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 last little bit of time that we have is I want to give you three reminders about relationships Three reminders about relationships that I think that they're going to help you. The first one is primarily for singles, okay? I don't often talk just to singles, but I really feel like this one, if you're not married and you would like to be, this one is, is for you, okay? Maybe you're in divorce. Uh, maybe you've never found that one person that, that, you, you know, that you've been looking for. So this point is for you. I've, actually, I'm going to talk to our students. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, in April, I'm going to talk to them about dating and uh, biblical dating and all of that. And so I'm going to use some of, some of these points. But the first point that, that I see here is this. And you can write this down. Take a picture of the screen if you want. Let's put it up. It says this. Number one, three reminders about relationships. Number one, especially if you're single, this is for you. Don't look for the right one. Be the right one, and you will find the right one. Let me say that again. Don't look for the right one. I know that's hard to do, right? Especially if you feel lonely, especially if you feel like, man, like, I'm ready. You know, like, look at my age or look at this. And, you know, our culture, society puts pressure on us sometimes. And, and so don't look for the right one. Be the right one. And God will provide the right one. So in, in Psalm 84, verse 11, God says this. God says that, that the Lord our God... The Lord God is our sun and our shield. Think about that for a moment. We need both. He's, he's, our, he's this, our sun and our shield. We need the warmth of the sun, like one degree away from the sun, we would all freeze to death, right? But what I love about this passage is not only has God our protection, right? And not only does he uh, provide that warmth that we need, but he's also our protector. So he's our, our sun and he's our shield, the Bible says. The Lord, same verse, will, watch this, there's a promise for you. So if you, if you came here, if you're tuning in online, and the only thing you get out of today's message is this, man, I hope that it, it sinks in, okay? I hope it's, it settles in your heart and it captivates you. Because this is God's promise for you. He says, the Lord, for the Lord God is our sun and our shield. The Lord with, will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right I love that that's a promise straight from God's word so don't look for the right one be the right one and God will provide the right one relationships are not based on what you can get but rather what you can give and so a good question for all of us is do you or do we have in our lives what we want to see in the other person do you have in your life what you want to see, what you're looking for in the... Are you going to be able to give to that other person that you're looking for? Are you going to be able to give them 
the very thing that you need in your life. And so the focus for you, if you're single, needs to be to get closer to the Lord. The closer you get to God, the closer you're going to get to that person. It's, it's, it's in God's word. And so Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is a great reminder. Trust in the Lord with everything you got, with all of your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. I know, like, that's what we do, right? And this is a, I'm always like, like, I know I probably should need to kind of lower the, the, the tone a little bit, you know, because for some of you, it's very, it's very painful, painful to be alone, right? Maybe you've been through a difficult divorce, and, and so I've never been divorced, but look, I sympathize with you. Okay, but what I'm encouraging with you and I'm, I'm hoping that you get today is that God is bigger than that lack that you have in your life. You understand? And so when God says, you know, if you trust him, if you don't lean on your own strength and your own controlling behaviors, if you submit to him, he will make your path straight. He'll make it happen. You won't even like it'll happen and you won't be like. And so my, my challenge to you is focus on being that person that they're also praying for that you haven't met just yet when samson when we see samson and this relationship you know at this wedding ceremony i mean the thing is not over it's not even over and the marriage is already in trouble why he was not ready and so the question is are you ready and some of you you look at me and you're like pastor to be you know if i'm like super vulnerable i'm not ready just yet like but i'm so lonely and I get it. Someone said this, and I hope this encourages you. Don't, uh, let's do the next slide. Yeah, it is better to be lonely some of the time than to be miserable all the time. And some of you who have been married for a long time, you may say amen to that. <laughs> just joking, just joking, all right? Cheesy joke. Three reminders, three reminders about relationships don't look for the right one be the right one you'll find the right one number two write this down this is for all of you who are married and actually this actually applies for other areas outside of marriage as well your relationship is a combination of what you've created and what you have allowed i want that to sink in a little bit your relationship and you could say relationships if you're thinking outside of marriage your relationship within marriage or relationships outside of marriage is a combination of what you have created and the things that you have allowed. So you guys know I'm huge into communication, okay? We did a series uh, about three, four weeks ago on wise communication. I think it's important uh, to communicate properly. I want to challenge you, especially if you're married, like, you know, communicate, 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 communicate. Like, you cannot do it enough. If your spouse, if, let me put, let me put it like this. Your spouse needs to know when you're changing if not they're going to wake up one day and they're not going to know who you are okay and so so leah and i um about i think it was a little bit over a year ago uh, i had covid and i was taking steroids and it was not it, it was probably one of the worst fights that we've had in over 20 years of marriage okay and and the reason why i'm sharing this with you is because uh, sometimes those those things happen okay sometimes and i'll talk about this on the third point sometimes you the the circumstances and the pressures of of life you know just squeeze you to a point where you're like man i just and it, and it explodes and things happen 
Things happen that you're not proud of. Like, you, things happen that, like, if everybody, if people would, if they would see this, like, holy cow, like, they, they would fire me. Like, they would not be coming to Sunday. Like, listen to me, you know? And so, um, but you are the one that creates and allows those things. And you are the one that can own it and can fix it. So I, I'll tell you this, uh, at the, like early on in our marriage, um, when we were starting ministry, uh, Leah and I were very different. I was an introvert. You know, like I never talked to people. Like, and, and she would look at me, and she was the extrovert, and she would look at me and say, like, honey, this is like first year we're married, right? I was a, a small, tiny little, still going to seminary, little church, um, in Pensacola, Florida, and, um, and she said, honey, you're going to have to talk to people a little bit more, all right? And that's pretty bad when the, wife, the pastor's wife is telling the pastor, you know, talk to people, you know, like, I can't do all the, all the work. And through, in the last few years, or, you know, 20 years, we've actually dramatically changed. And now I'm the extrovert, and she's the one that's like the introvert. And so nothing wrong with changing. Nothing wrong with changing. You just have to communicate, okay? As you change, you communicate. Change is inevitable, but do it together. Do it together. Don't, you know, grow together, not separately, okay? Bible says, Judges 14, 19, that Samson was furious. Why was he so angry? Why was he so upset? I mean, think about it. He's... He's the one that goes and pursues this lady, right? He's the one that decides to go back and marry her. He's the one that ignores his parents' advice. He's the one that does the riddle, basically, to try to ridicule the Philistines, to try to embarrass them. He's the only one that knows the secret, right? And he's the only one that tells the secret. And yet, like, he is, and if you know the story, like, he is mad as all get out. His relationship was a combination of what he had created and what he had allowed. And so if you read the whole story, what he does, he goes, he kills 30 innocent men, but it doesn't stop there. He, because he's mad at them, at the Philistines, he goes and he finds 150 pairs of foxes, ties their tails, okay? I don't know if he uses a string, I don't know how he does it. Puts a torch, so he attaches a torch. He lets all of these foxes run wild on the Philistines' fields, their crops, where they were growing their crops. He lights the torches, and for all practical purposes, like he, he burns all of their, their fields, all of their crops. And they're like, they're, can you imagine how upset they are? So you know what they did? They go after his wife, and they capture her, and they burn her alive. They burn her father and her house, Okay. And so, this is what can happen in your relationships when you create things and when you allow certain things. Now, when, when God told Samson, when he said, hey, I, want you, I don't want you to intermarry with the Philistines, God could see ahead of where he was at. But he didn't, he didn't see that. And so, when we, don't, when we don't see the way God sees, we don't do what he says. And so I applaud you today 
Because what you're trying to do today is you're trying to line up your mind, and we all need reminders, right? So your job today is to listen, to be a sponge, and, and hopefully what you're doing is you're lining your views of things with God's views. And you're going to be able to apply God's word a little bit better because hopefully, if the message makes sense, hopefully you'll say, you know what, that makes sense. I'm going to apply that to my life, all right? So number three, and we're done. I'm over my time. When emotions are high, wisdom is low okay when emotions are what when emotions are high wisdom is what low. low thank you so much emotions are high wisdom is low like the, the story i told you about covid right like big fight i was taking these steroids and they made me really emotional you know like not a good place for us it was a horrible fight i tell you that because you also need to there are outside circumstances that create those moments, right? That make those happen. Like, it just happens sometimes, and you don't foresee it. And it's not like you're a bad person. It's not like, a, like he or she is a bad person. It just happens, and conflict happens, okay? And so what you need to know is that when your emotions are high, your wisdom, generally speaking, tends to be very low. So it's not the time to... If you're angry to necessarily communicate, you need to cool down a little bit. You need to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to let this, this go a little bit. And so I don't know how this plays out at home for you. Maybe you come home and you're tired. You've had a stressful day and you want to engage the kids. You want to engage your family, but you are emotionally and physically drained. You are spent. You are fried and you come and you just sit down and you just turn the TV on. And instead of engaging, which is the thing that you want to do, you disengage. I don't know if, it, if you have a short fuse because of the stress of life and you just take it out on the kids or you take it out on your spouse. I don't know exactly how that plays out for you, but I know that plenty of times in my life I've said things and it was like something super dumb and it was just, I was a jerk and it was not the right thing. And rather than owning my junk, you know, I try to, you know, like I, I just keep going down the wrong path. And so if you're not careful... You can let anger be the, the negative default reaction. It's just the, the thing that just kind of takes you there instead of just, you know, taking care of it immediately. I'm going to ask our worship team to get in place. We're going to wrap up with a couple of verses. It says this. So Samson, another fight with the Philistines. Watch this. Then he found a, the jawbone of a recently killed donkey and he picked it up and killed a thousand Philistines with it okay then verse 16 Samson said with the jawbone of a donkey and this is just arrogant okay like there's he's angry okay he's emotionally on a on a different level okay and then he says this. So not only does he do that, but he, he says this. Then Samson said, with the jawbone of a donkey, I have piled them in heaps. With the jawbone of a donkey, I've killed a thousand men. It's almost like he's saying, look at me. Look at what I can do. And it's, it's so prideful. And I, no, like we, we know, like, man, with God's strength, you can do anything, right? And, and we, don't, we do know that he had supernatural power to, to do this sort of things. But when you look at verse 16, this is, he's, a, he's acting like a fool. Emotions high, wisdom low. Watch this. How do I know this? 
How do I know he's behaving like a fool? Verse 17. When he finished boasting, he threw away the jawbone. And Samson was now very thirsty, and he cried out to the Lord. Watch this. After he's killed a thousand men, right? He says this. Must I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of these pagans? Come on, Samson. You're not going to die because you're a little thirsty. What's going on? Well, emotions are high. He's not being a rational individual. He's just being driven primarily by his feelings. And you can't be driven by your feelings. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I wonder how many of you here today would say, um, you know, Pastor, I, would you pray for me? I'm just dealing with some relational issues. I wonder how many in the room, watching online, on YouTube, or on, our, uh, on Facebook, how many of you would say, Pastor, pray for me because I'm, I'm dealing with an angry person, or I'm dealing with anger myself. Yeah, I see your hand, I see your hand. Uh, anyone else, any of you would say, Pastor, would you pray for me because, I mean, maybe it's between your spouse, maybe it's between relatives, maybe it's a friend, maybe you just, you feel like, man, just relationally I feel lonely, or I'm, I'm dealing with, you know, uh, just some hurt from the past. Pastor, would you pray for me? Anyone else who would say, pray for me? I see your hand. Anyone else? Yeah, God sees your hand. He sees your heart. Most angry people are usually people who are hurting. Behind every anger, there's usually a hurt. And so what you need to know is that people in need, they're not projects that we help. They're people that we love. And so, I don't know about you, but I think one of the most challenging things that Jesus ever said was when they asked him, of all the commandments, um, of all the commandments, which was the most important one? And Jesus made it very simple. Love God, love others. And so I don't know where you're at relationally, but hopefully this Hopefully you've learned a couple of things from Samson. My prayer is that we would not make the same mistakes that he made. Father God, you see the hands, you see the hearts. God, I ask you that you would do what sometimes we can't do in our own strength. God, thank you for his willingness, for your willingness to share stories like this. God, I pray, Father, that you would... Take us to greater heights relationally. God, whether it's in, within our marriage, whether it's that we need to learn to communicate, whether we're holding things, God, in our hearts, and there's bitterness, God, I pray that there will be breakthrough. God, I ask you that you would do the impossible. God, I pray for miracles. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand.